0: 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to read two verses of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 40. The Apostle Paul says, There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, And another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another in glory. As I said, it's an unusual Christmas passage. And while you may think I'm going to focus solely on the star, that's not entirely my purpose nor the message that I feel on my heart today. So bear with me for just a little while. I want to talk to you from this subject, defeating the darkness. Defeating the darkness. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you pray right now? Let's ask the Lord to help us today. And again, I covet your prayers. I need God's strength today. I need His help. Let's pray together, everyone. Lord Christ. God, I can't do this unless you help me. So, Lord, I plead with you. God, anoint you. Let the word of God have recourse today. I pray. I need your touch, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Again, I'm going to. I'm going to be seated as well. I found out last Sunday morning I wasn't quite as strong as I thought I was. In about 30 minutes of preaching, and I was physically wasted. And uh, I know that's what most of you would prefer would happen again today, that after about 30 minutes, I'd be done. But um, we did... We did use the chair Tuesday night, it seemed to help some. I still am going to try my best to not keep you long today, but I do feel something on my heart, and I've felt it for some weeks. Again, I understand and recognize that we have come today knowing that today is Christmas, and perhaps you came expecting to hear me read a text from Matthew's Gospel or Luke's Gospel. Relating to you the story of Christ's birth. And I will read some verses coming from those passages momentarily. But I do want to tell you that there is something in the passage that I've read that I believe is pertinent to the subject of the Lord's birth. and That's what I want to try to focus on for a little while here this morning. Now, having said that, let's do what probably you expected me to do to begin with. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 2, and we're going to read a couple of verses of Scripture here. Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2.
1: Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we
0: have seen his star star in the east. All right, skipping down to verses 9 and 10.
1: When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the the star, they rejoiced
0: rejoiced with with exceeding great joy. Going now to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. All right, now we have read two different accounts concerning the Lord's birth. I read an article some years ago that was put out in Time Magazine where their religion editor uh, took the Christmas story to task. And he claimed that Matthew and Luke contradicted each other because one tells the story of A star while the other tells the story of an angel. One tells the story of wise men and the other tells the story of shepherds. Of course, as I've taught this church, there is no contradiction in the Word of God. Anytime you see a difference like this, you don't say the stories contradict. You say they complement one another. That both things are true. What we need to understand is as you study these Gospels, you recognize that Matthew is telling the story uh, from a different perspective than the way Luke is telling it. Not giving uh, facts that contradict, but, but really if you look at it, the individual upon whom Matthew most focuses is Joseph, the earthly father of the Lord. It is Matthew who tells us about Joseph's dreams. It's Matthew who talks about these things. And Matthew then is giving us this story uh, from the perspective of Joseph, the earthly father, who was a direct descendant of King David. You'll remember that Matthew's writing to Jewish people. He is trying to show them that Jesus is their Messiah, that he is their king that has come to them. And so he's focused on the earthly father, uh, Joseph. And he is giving uh, the story and the perspective from Joseph's point of view. Luke, on the other hand, focuses more on Mary. He tells about the angel appearing to Mary. He talks about Mary's visit With Elizabeth, her cousin, he he gives us details from the perspective of Jesus' earthly mother. And so, again, it's not contradictory, it's complementary. There are two different perspectives being shared from the eyes of two different individuals, both of whom were crucial in the Christmas story, praise God. Amen. Now, what I see as common uh, among these stories is highlighted in the verses that we read from Matthew and Luke. As Matthew opens his Christmas story, you might notice we focus on the wise men, but there was something driving the wise men. We would never have read about the wise men had there not been the appearance of the star. And so the real point of this story, it opens with the appearance of a star in the heavens. And that star motivates these men to go on what was most likely a two-year journey to begin to seek after this one that was coming that would be the king of the Jews. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we see Matthew opening with this story of the star. Luke opens his account with the fact that the glory of the Lord shone round about the shepherds. Amen. Now, this may not sound like the same type thing, but I contend this morning there is a connection. In fact, let me read Luke uh, from the Amplified. It says, Behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone all about them, and they were terribly frightened. The contemporary English version says it this way all at once. An angel came down to them from the Lord And the brightness of the Lord's glory flashed around them. The shepherds were frightened. I would ask you to consider further the writings of Dr. Albert Barnes in his commentary on the New Testament. He said this, and I quote, the glory of the Lord is the same, uh, this is the same as great glory. He said it is a splendid appearance or light. The word glory is often the same as light as I read to you in 1 Corinthians 15, where it talks about the glory of the sun and the glory of the moon and the glory of the stars. The glory that's mentioned there is the light that they provide. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But, but Albert Barnes says that when it talks about the glory of the Lord, what they're saying is great glory. He says that the words Lord and God are often used to denote greatness or intensity, and and so if you read about the trees of God that would mean great trees or you read about the hills of God that would mean majestic and great hills high and lofty hills and so when the writer penned the glory of the Lord he meant an exceedingly great or bright luminous appearance perhaps not unlike what Paul saw on the road to Damascus now I want to point out to you that the word that's translated star in Matthew's gospel sometimes gives reference to an angel. I may be blowing the whole Christmas story for some of you, but this is a fact that there are times that this Greek word actually is in reference to an angelic being and not a star at all. In fact, I ask you today, how could it be that a star could come and stand over a house? But the Bible clearly says in the book of Matthew that when the wise men left Herod, they saw the star again and it stood over the house where the young child was. How does a star stand over a house? Now, I'm not denying that it's a star. I'm not saying it's not a star. I'm just saying that there are uses in the Scripture where the word star that's used actually refers to an angel. In fact, I remind you of our series of studies on the seven churches of Asia where Jesus said, I want you to to look at something, and he showed him the seven stars. And he said, these stars are the angels of the seven churches. Well, praise God. Amen. And then in the book of Job, in Job thirty-eight verses four through seven, we read this:
1: Where was thou when I when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who have laid the measures thereof? If thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who hath laid the cornerstone thereof? Now
0: I had him read all of that because I wanted you to understand he's talking about creation. And then he says in verse seven. The morning stars sang together, and all the sons sons of God shouted shouted for joy. There is no question. He's not talking about physical stars that are singing at the creation. He's calling them here the sons of God. He's dealing with angelic beings. Well, praise God. Amen. And so here's what I'm trying to drive at this morning. That both the wise men and the shepherds were guided by a bright light that appeared to them. And to me this is highly significant with the Christmas story. The story of salvation Amen, began with a piercing light. In fact, isn't that how the story of creation began? The story of Christmas begins with a piercing light, and so the story of creation began that way. Read for me Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and... God said, let There be light. And there was light. God looked down on a world that was enshrouded in darkness. And God said, I'm going to do something about the darkness that envelops this planet. I'm going to do something about this cloud of darkness. And God said, let there be light. And when God spoke light, it drove away the darkness. That's the way creation began. And that's the way Christmas began. I submit to you today that the real story of Christmas is the story of a light that is penetrating an eternal darkness. Well, hallelujah. Let's go back to our text for just a few moments here this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 40 to 41. There are also
1: celestial bodies Yes. bodies terrestrial. Right. But the glory of the celestial is one. Uh-huh. The glory of the terrestrial is another. Yes. There is one glory of the sun.
0: There's a glory of the sun. There's a glory of the moon. And another glory of the star. There's a glory of the stars. Star and each star, differ from one, star differs from, from another star when it comes to glory. So whether it's the glory of the sun or the glory of the moon or the glory of the stars, let's think about it for a moment. They all accomplish one purpose, and that is to penetrate the darkness. The reason we have a sun today is because God doesn't want the world in total darkness. The reason we have a moon at night is to reflect the brightness of the sun and provide some light even in the night hours. The reason we have stars is to provide light and guidance throughout the darkness. I am telling you today that that's exactly what Jesus Christ came to this earth to do. He looked down on a world that was enshrouded in spiritual darkness and he said I'm going to do something about that I'm going to fix that problem hallelujah I'm going to do something about the darkness that's clouding the hearts and the minds and the spirits of people and God said let there be light and when God spoke I'm telling you the angels began to move Gabriel went down to a virgin girl hallelujah he went over and visited with a young man that was engaged God was light to to penetrate the darkness uh, that was in this world hallelujah in fact in fact when you look at the story I mentioned this last Sunday night we often forget this part of the story because it happens 40 days after Jesus is born and we don't think a lot about this as being part of the Christmas story. but but I, I I want to just remind you 40 days after a birth is not, that long barely over a month and the wonder of this birth is still there and it was especially there for Jewish parents because this 40th day was very significant to them that the mother would have to come and purify herself of the uncleanness that had been declared upon her by the law she would have to come to the temple she couldn't do it until her 40 days of purification was over but we read in Luke's gospel where Mary and Joseph kept the law and they brought the baby to the temple after the day of her purification were ended, and something very interesting takes place when Mary and Joseph get to the temple. Let's start reading in Luke twenty, uh, Luke two, verses twenty-two to thirty-two. And when the days
1: of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem. They brought him to Jerusalem present him to the Lord. Uh huh. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Yes. According to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves were two young pigeons.
0: Yeah, we talked about this last Sunday night. Let's go on.
1: And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Now, this is
0: where I want you to focus. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon.
1: And the same same man was just.
0: He was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Israel. And the Holy Ghost Ghost was upon him.
1: him Uh huh. He was not going to die Before he had seen the Lord's Christ. until he
0: had seen the Messiah. He came by the
1: Spirit into the temple. And the
0: Spirit took him to the temple at the same moment as Joseph and Mary were walking in. And when the parents
1: brought in the child, Jesus, uh-huh. to do for him after the custom of the law. Yes. Then, took he up
0: in his arms. then Simeon picked up this baby in his arms. And, blessed and he blessed God. And this is what Simeon said as he was moved upon by the Holy Ghost. Listen to this.
1: Lord, now let us now thy servant depart in peace, uh-huh. according to thy word. Yes. For mine
0: eyes, mine eyes have, have seen thy salvation. Before the face of all yes, before the face of all people a light. A light, a light. to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people. Israel, I'm telling you that Simeon was moved by the Holy Ghost on this day, the first day that the babe was brought into the temple. The thing that Simeon noted under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, there's a light here. It's a light for the Gentiles and the Jews. This is a light that has come for all men. It doesn't matter their spiritual condition. Listen, the Jews were in just as much darkness as the Gentiles at this point in history. But there was a light now. There was a light in the temple it wasn't being brought by the menorah it wasn't being brought by the golden candlestick there was a new light that was carried into the temple that day amen it was the light of the world hallelujah Matthew said this in Matthew 4 and verse 16 he's quoting Isaiah by the way but this is what he said the people which sat in darkness darkness saw great light Light is sprung up. Amen. Isaiah prophesied it hundreds of years before it happened. But Matthew said this is when it was fulfilled. When the babe Christ Jesus was born. The people which sat in darkness. This is the first time the light comes on. This is the first time. Hallelujah. The light is going to come on. You don't have to live in darkness anymore. You don't have to dwell in your spiritual bondage anymore. You don't have to stay the way you are anymore. Those that sit in the region. And shadow of death. There's light, my friend. There's hope. There's light for you. Consider the words Jesus spoke of himself in John chapter 8 and verse 12.
1: Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the
0: world. I'm the light of the world. And he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but he'll have the light of life. Is anybody grateful today? Amen. Anybody grateful for the light? Now let me tell you the beautiful thing about this statement. We know that Jesus said I'm the light of the world. But let me tell you the beautiful thing about this statement. We sometimes don't realize the context in which it's stated. If you go back and open your Bibles to John chapter 8. And you look at verse number 11. You find out that in verse 11 he was speaking to the woman that was caught in adultery. And he had said to her go and sin no more. And the very next thing it's recorded that he said is I'm the light of the world. Hallelujah. They wanted to find a woman that was shrouded in darkness and point her out to him but Jesus said I got a cure for that darkness I've got an answer for that darkness I'm the light of the world he that follows after me doesn't have to walk in darkness anymore oh hallelujah hallelujah one chapter later one chapter later he heals a blind man but he made this statement in John chapter 9 verses 4 and 5 read
1: I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day the night cometh when no man can work as, long as, I am in the as
0: world, long as I'm in the world I am the light of the world I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a darkness that is worse than physical blindness. There's a darkness that is worse than not having the the, the sight of your two eyes. It's a spiritual darkness. But Jesus said I want you to know I'm here to change that darkness. I am here to turn that darkness around. I am here to bring light to you. Now I want to talk to you. About just how powerful this light really is. Let's go to the book of John again, John chapter 1. Let's read verses 1 through 5. This is the passage that really caught my attention. In fact, I came very close to using this as my text because this is the passage that really caught my attention some weeks ago. It's been stirring in my heart and spirit ever since. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5.
1: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh Uh-huh. The same was in the beginning with God. Yes. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now, Now let's stop right there and
0: understand that John, being a good Jew, was very familiar with the Hebrew Scriptures. He knew the Old Testament. When John began his gospel, he was obviously making an appeal that hearkened back to Genesis chapter 1, which also opens with the words, in the beginning. But John says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what did that word do in Genesis? The first word that was spoken in Genesis, God said, let there be light. So we're not finished with what John has to say. Uh, That was was verse 3. Let's continue. Verse 4. In him was life, and the life life was the light of men. Verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I'm telling you, John is pointing the Jews back to the beginning. And he's saying, just like God did back at creation, he said, let there be light. But I'm telling you what it was that brought that light. It was Jesus Christ. And so now, in the darkness of this world, there is again light. But here's the important thing, Brother Hilton. Here's the important thing. And, and, and this church knows that I'm, I'm, I'm a King James man. I, I will use it as my primary uh, version to the day I die. It's just the way it is. But I think most of you also know that there are a few places that I think perhaps the King James translators Weren't quite as accurate as they could have been, and I don't want that to shake your faith in the Word of God. The Word of God is true. It's, and I, I talked about that Tuesday night, but but there are a few places where perhaps um, they didn't quite translate it as adequately as it should be for us to really understand the depth of what's being said, and and so I want you to consider. Verse 5 again, if we could put that back up there, John 1 and 5, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. This is where I think that the translation is a bit unfortunate because the Greek word that's translated uh, comprehended is karalambano. It's really a Greek word. combination of of two words and and um, to lambano is to is to take to hold kara means around And, and you put those two together the idea the literal translation of kata lambano would be to lay hold of to seize to catch In other words, the darkness could not seize the light. Here are just a few other translations just to verify my point. The American Standard Version says, And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness apprehended it not. The complete Jewish Bible says the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not suppressed it. The easy-to-read version says the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not defeated it. God's Word translation reads this way. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never extinguished it. You know, that's what I like about it. When you stop and think, amen, that there's something about it, I don't care how dark it is. Darkness can never extinguish light. You can try to make it darker and darker. But if there's a light, there's nothing that darkness can do about the light when it's shining. The only way that darkness can become complete is to extinguish the light. And what John told us under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is that that light shined in darkness. And the darkness has never been able to extinguish the light. That light is just as available and just as powerful today as it was when it first shone 2,000 years ago. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm telling you, the light will not be apprehended. It will not be extinguished. It will not be defeated. It will not be suppressed. The light is going to shine. I know that our world is getting darker. I get sick of the garbage that is thrown at us every day. I'm telling you the truth. The absolute abominations that they want to throw in our faces and try to get us to just accept and tolerate. With every day that passes, Learning of different things that are being done. Children that are are going through gender reassignment at their schools without the parents' knowledge or consent. Things that are happening that would make one absolutely nauseous. It's getting dark, brother Goff. But let me tell you something. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care how dark it gets. There's a light that's only going to shine brighter. The darker the world becomes, the brighter the light is going to be. Oh, don't lose hope, child of God. Don't grow discouraged. Don't throw in the towel. Now's not the time to give up. I'm telling you, let the world get dark. There's a light that shines today. There is a light that's brighter than it's ever been. There's a light that the darkness cannot extinguish. I'm telling you the light that shone on that first Christmas. Because of that light we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to be worried about. We have nothing to be depressed about. The darkness has never and will never extinguish His light. I for one, I for one am convinced that we are in the last days. And I've been saying that for a long time. But be careful, be careful that you don't dismiss it out of hand because you've heard it all your life. The fact that you've heard it all your life does not change the truth of the statement. It only makes it that much more true. Because with every day that passes, we are getting one day closer to the end. I think that I'm safe in saying, if we're not at the midnight hour, we are certainly in the evening time. And I believe late evening time. But let me share with you as I come to a close this morning this promise from the book of Zechariah. Zechariah 14 and verse 7
1: But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord uh-huh not day nor night uh-huh but it shall come to pass
0: it shall come to pass that, evening that at evening time it shall, it shall be light Oh hallelujah! I'm telling you, that's the promise from God Himself that at evening time the darkness is not going to be extinguished. They can do what they want to do. They can say what they want to say. They can outlaw religion. They can throw us in prison. They can behead us. It's not going to extinguish the light. The lights. Going